Okay, so what did you... I'm sorry, what did you come here to plug? Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> uh, just uh, just a, the Black and Funny Improv Festival. Thousand feet up, breaking all the lights on the doors, and I ain't seen no ceilings. We came in through the top floor. Three oars rip right round your jugular. Three oars rip right round your jugular. You're listening to Feminist Killjoys PhD, an hour of feminism, pop culture, and politics, as discussed by two professional Killjoys. I'm Rachel. And I'm Melody. And today we'll be joined by special return guest, John Gabritatios, who will talk to us more about comedy diversity and the upcoming Black and Funny Improv Festival. We'll tell you more about him in a moment. But first, Melody, where can our listeners find us on the internet? You neglected to say that John is also Bay. John is Bay. John, Sorry, John is we already warned him that we're super going to handsome. Justify him a little bit because he's <laughs> okay. Wow, that's probably the most objectifying I've ever been on this podcast. But really, he's really handsome. It's true. Okay, but he's also very handsome. smart and funny and all that. Blah blah blah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, where can you find us in select places on the internet? We have an Instagram account that Rachel controls. We have a Twitter account which I control. It's very important that we differentiate power structures here uh, we also have a facebook group uh that you can join our community group feminist killjoys wtf power community something like that i'll get it right one day uh also facebook page that you can like us just feminist killjoys phd we have a mixtape on spotify we have a email address fkj.phd at gmail.com and if you want to support our labor as feminist media makers you can either go to our website which is feministkilljoyspodcast.com and click on the birdie or you can set up a micro monthly donation to with our patreon account you can just search for it on patreon.com and i do owe some people some electronic postcards for their donations so those are coming soon and I think that is it with our, our internet presence. So it's true. Blocka blocka, what up? How's life, Rachel? Uh, well, it was my spring break this past week, so that was nice to not have to go to campus. I still did a lot of work, but it was it just felt good because, uh, you know, I don't have the best relationship with my place of employment necessarily right now. So it felt good to not have to do that. I'll I want to go quick, but I do want to mention that. One of the highlights of my week was being a guest on radio show slash podcast called The New England Unsettler, hosted by my friend Elias. And it was uh, really great to be on his on his show. Um, he's a super radical activist friend who is making the show to talk about lefty things and also like local activists and organizing happenings in the Boston and New England area. So I would especially recommend it if you're in New England. Um, but everybody should listen to it and uh, add it to their list of podcasts that they're into. And it was fun. That was fun. So that's it. New England on Settler. Look it up. Is what about is, you? Uh, is your cat trying to get into the into your studio? Kitty is in. Kitty is in the room right now. Um, oh, just being, yeah. A kitty. Kitties are always welcome. Yeah. We always kitties are not 
interrupters and we do not edit them out because that's right it's a kitty friendly podcast absolutely i am doing i don't even know if you asked me but i'm doing fine uh, i did oh mm-hmm. i'm fine i was more concerned about your cat because that's i know you were that's how i am okay i'm doing great uh today i was a part of a wnba adult basketball clinic which is basically you just get to like practice with a player from the WNBA no big deal so So I live in Minneapolis so that would be Lindsay Whalen who is like an Olympian and a three-time WNBA champion just like no big deal just get to hang out with her so that was just way fun and we got awesome food and one of the players on the team is vegan and so the chef made me this amazing vegan meal it was just I don't know it was just way cool so I had a good day and that's it for my great that sounds amazing check-in yes yeah, we do have an accountability corner update that um, I'm actually going to hold pause, not because it's not important, but just because we we just had the best interview with John and uh, talked for a very long time. So I want to make room for that. We'll be back with the accountability corner and probably who's ruining some dinner parties next week. But for now, without further ado. <laughs> oh, look at you, handsome. You are handsome. I try Us. not. To, when we posted pictures of you last time on Instagram, I tried not, not to be like objectifying what I was like. Oh no, please. Person. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Uh, I thank you. I need to hear more of that. <laughs> N- nobody says that stuff. Melody, you're staring at me like I'm being horrible. You just said the same thing. I'm staring at John. Oh. Uh-huh. All right, this is getting uncomfortable probably for John. No, this is I'm fine. I'm Uh, fine with all of this. So we are here with John Gebertatios for the second time. Yeah. You're our first you're our first guest that we've had on twice. Yes, yes. Yeah. That's right. I'm a, I'm a regular. Uh, exactly. Uh, we're super excited to have you. Uh, for those of you who don't remember John, he is the Diversity and Inclusion Director at Huge Improv in Minneapolis and the co-founder and organizer of the Black and Funny Improv Festival. And we are so glad to have you back. Uh, thanks. It used to just be comedian. You know, that used to just be my right. name. Right. Uh, my title. And now it's expanding. And I just wanted to do stupid jokes. What, uh, my friend in uh, <laughs> my friend, Iffy in Canada says, man, I want a shirt that says uh, sometimes I just want to do some nigga shit. <laughs> Wait, can we laugh at that? We're white people. Are we allowed to? <laughs> yeah. laugh at yes, cue laughter. Okay. okay. <laughs> lighting Perfect. on me. Go ahead. <laughs> but, but it also naturally just cued two white people like nervously yeah. chuckling. <laughs> <laughs> do, I mean, do you two understand when I say nigger shit? N E R. Does that, you know, you guys, you get what I mean. I totally <laughs> can relate. How have you been since we talked to you? Been busy, more of the same. It's been wonderful. Uh, just dealing with, uh, you know, all the, all the lovely things, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of great, great things happening I'm in the fine. world. Right. Yeah. yeah. yeah I fine. mean, the world is just like a really good place right now. It is. It is. Yeah. We've got yeah. <laughs> great people looking after us. Yep. Yeah. Nobody needs a therapy dog anymore. No, we're good. No, we're great. Everything. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow. I know. So that would have been, cause I think we talked to you in the summer. So that would have been just like a couple months before the election. Yeah. So, summertime yeah. was great. Uh, Drake was, <laughs> was popping. 
transfer what was happening. Yep. Mm-hmm. Gosh, what a beautiful thing that, that existed six months ago, however many yeah. months ago. Yeah, it was like, so you know, we away. had we had a mission. And, uh, it, we had a lot of missions. No Dapple, I think, and Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. And now we, <laughs> we've, we've grown exponentially in the amount of things that we care and give a fuck about. So for our listeners who have been around for a long time, this the last time John was on was episode 20. And so if you want to go back and listen to that, uh, I just wanted to give a shout out to our previous episode with you because we did a really nice episode on how how John sees himself within mainstream comedy and then the black comedy scene and so on and so forth. And so we're probably not going to like rehash all of that. So if you want to go back and listen to episode 20, I'm sure our sound quality is uh, way worse than it is now, even though now it's not like 100%. Also, I wanted to be clear that this mm-hmm. is also our reparations episode where we bring a black man on two times and so we feel like this is reparations Um, we've done our part Mm -hmm. yeah this is yeah Yeah. i mean plus one trip to red lobster rachel (laughs) (laughs) yes one trip to red lobster this and more after these commercials yeah (laughs) oh gosh okay red lobster so we're good we're good i got a shellfish allergy (laughs) I really do. Then why'd you pick uh, Red Lobster yeah. for me? Do you have to... a Elvis out? <laughs> because Beyonce. And the biscuit. They have biscuits. My friend oh, the... in high school used to be obsessed with those biscuits. Oh. I think she listens. Hi, Jackie. I know hey, you Jackie. like those biscuits. Hey. Yeah. Hi. Jackie. <laughs> yeah, great. Wonder. I just love you got a friend somewhere that's being outed for her <laughs> It's biscuit. true. She probably won't mind. Okay, so you came here to plug something again. He like yeah, basically John demanded that we put him back on the show. He's like, I'm coming oh. back on your show. Let us know what did you come here to plug and please use all W. So who, what, when, where, why, and how if you'd like to add that in. Okay, why? We believe that there was no efforts being made for including black people in comedy. Mm-hmm. more specifically improv and we felt like that was false for the mindset of the people who were in comedy we didn't believe that the mindset was that people didn't want to see black improvisers so we wanted to change that what we did is we started an improv festival and and the mission is to you know let black people know that they can do improv and it will benefit their life and they can be good at it that's the focus and as a result it has so many other benefits it, and it's a two-day festival last year was one day and now we upgraded two days, March 25th, 26th, Minneapolis, huge improv theater. You know, both days from 9 a.m. Uh, workshops kick off around 10 or something like that. It's all on- online at blackandfunny.com, which is interesting that we own that handle. Nobody else has mm-hmm. blackandfunny.com. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It is, and that spoke to me about, like, you know, just the, it was just in everybody's blind spot, just yeah. this whole world of black comedy. I mean, there's a Chitlin circuit and all that, but nobody, there was never more room for us to do flannels and wear glasses. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, at Huge Theater, 9 a.m. until nighttime, Saturday and Sunday, March 25th, 26th, com. here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, we're leading the way, and this is just the start. So, you want to get in on the ground floor with the Negroes, you know what I mean, kid? Mm-hmm. You want to get in on the ground floor. I do. They're going places. I want to get down with the Negroes. <laughs> yes. And um, to to clarify, yeah. though, for the um, yeah. for the cra- for the crackers who would want to, like, <laughs> you know, well, can you clarify what part of the festival is for um, people of color? And then if uh-huh. if white people are there going to be performances for us to check out, or can you talk more all about that? All of it. You're all invited. And I keep forgetting to say this. 
to y'all, y'all crackles. Uh, uh, I always forget to mention, and it's very valid. Hey, you guys are invited to everything you're invited. There is a POC jam uh, on Sunday, and that is uh, POC only, and it's just two hours. But aside from that, everything is open to everyone, and we um, we deliberately seeked out people of color to make sure that they're in the workshops, that they're watching the shows ahead of time so that uh, the space is filled up and, and it has a mix of people that, you know, of all, all, all colors. And I think it's important to have all colors in the room because this is a, uh, everybody, you know, wants a space where they can open openly talk about all things and feel comfortable. This is one of those spaces. So it's important to have everybody there. Otherwise, it might ends up just being like a, uh, just kind of like, one demographic vacuum, and we all know that's not, that's boring. Sometimes really necessary, though, right? I mean, I think you guys yeah. had a couple events that are POC mm-hmm. only, yep, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For the whole weekend, it would, uh, right. for what we're trying to do for this specifically, it, it would be for improv, it wouldn't be as rich if it was Right. Just, it also sounds like because part of the mission is to expose black comedians, like, yeah. part of it is, like, being like, hey, white people, like, stop only having shows because you know no it's not like we live in a world where it's well maybe things are changing under this administration but the past few decades it hasn't been okay for like white people to be like this is a white only comedy show and yet we see white only comedy shows because of the situation you're describing so so that makes sense in terms of like exposing white people to people that are important to be they, they need to be inclusive of by you being inclusive of them it's like opening yep. up the opportunity for them to like open their fucking eyes and realize that they're being ex- exclusive so yes and then on the full and then from from uh, a person of color who does you know a workshop what better opportunity than to have all all colors you know and for human purposes a bunch of crackers mm-hmm. paying mm-hmm. you you know mm-hmm. yeah totally for your work Absolutely. As affirming, that's validating. That's you know, and it's also for, it's it's the way of the future, kid. You got to get in <laughs> on the ground level with the Negroes. Again, Negroes. super stoked to get on the ground level with my Negroes. <laughs> that's right, Rachel. Take us a break. We're doing good. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be back in five. <laughs> That's, yeah, I think that's totally cool. Speaking of reparations, obviously, like, white people should be giving away lots of their money and resources and time in the service of things like this. So they're, or in the ally and accomplishment of things like this. Yeah. Um, that made me think of something, if you don't mind. Before. Please. Yeah, please. I've been, I don't know if a lot of people of color feel this way. Just, uh, I'm, I'm still learning about this new thing that's been on my mind. Uh, from a black person my perspective since november <laughs> it's felt like it's felt like i've been watching the civil war the second civil war with white people without like murder like this has been the longest debate like i've been on the sideline and it's been feeling like white people have been debating and arguing you know when people talk about burnout i'm burnt out there's so mm-hmm. many things and that makes sense and i've been thinking about that like what what's burning you out because i um from my perspective, I understand I understand getting into arguments and never being heard and wanting to like tell people they're wrong, they're stupid. <laughs> and that makes sense. But like I couldn't burn out if I was like no dapple protest, right? So like if you're out there every day, it's cold. Those people survived and they, they stuck it through, but they never burn out, you know, because the cause is important. You wake up with a mission and a purpose. 
and, and you get a satisfaction from that and that's important and you and you you're among your like people and you're supported and there's a front so there's but when i think about like what's burning people out because the no dapple wouldn't burn you out so like how's this new layout and, and i don't mean to pit it against white people i can say right now is the most time i've ever heard white people speak up you know in terms of allyship in terms of like actually like caring about you know a lot of things that that they feel so conflicted about and they don't and, and rightfully so and they, and they want to help and they don't know how and and that's that's hard and a lot of them are dealing with arguments debates constantly you know and uh i'm still figuring this out but it is it does seem to be like there is a lot of energy in that realm a lot and it has to do with people you know fighting with their family members and, and those like arguments and then at their job it's white people assessing each other i'm seeing you know and sizing each other up you know they meet them and they go what type of white person are you are you are you the one that can understand pronouns? Like, can you ask someone what their pronoun is? Or are you just going to, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. tear, tear somebody to shreds over a pronoun. Is that, like, what, you know, always, like, checking in. And I've never seen that before to this magnitude in my lifetime. And I don't mean that in a, like, I'm not trying to be divisive, but I am. Are you asking about why people are getting burnt out in yeah. these situations? Why? As, like, when, when you yeah. compare it to something, like, direct action on a, against a pipeline yeah, yeah 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 what's burning people out uh, that was a long way i was worried <laughs> i think i like i hear that sort of critique that you're articulating and i feel that because i have i have felt burnt out and yet and i mean i do go to protests and stuff but i'm not doing nearly as much work as other people sort of in the streets and in organizing whatever you know bigger things and that a lot of it sometimes for me comes from dealing with my students who are often sort of close-minded or in, in very overtly antagonistic to some of these sort of anti-oppressive concepts. And, you know, so I think it can come from different realms in terms of, you know, and, and particularly when they're the, the oppression that, that people are fighting, like antagonistic white people who aren't on board, who aren't like woke, they're articulating things not only about POC, but also you know, queer people, women, oftentimes these things are overlapping. So sometimes that emotional labor is actually very personal. Another thing I think is that white people have had the privilege of not having to do that work on a daily basis. So it's a new kind of fatigue for a lot of white folks. Whereas obviously POC experience microaggressions on at least on a daily basis, if not overt bullshit. And in my sleep, in my sleep. Right, right. (laughs) And so y'all are used to being tired and exhausted. So yeah. that it's like you've learned how to sustain burnout. Uh, Does that maybe make sense? It's just a, yeah, it's sort of a, a hunch that, to your. That was yeah, kind of what I was leaning at, and I mean, yeah, it's not, it sounds like a lot of white people, exactly what you're saying to me, don't have the experience of dealing with a lot of oppression and triggers and emotional like mm-hmm. like complicated things. That yeah, and so yeah, this is fascinating to me to watch. I, and I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure this, you know, during the civil rights, it was a whole heap of white um, Quakers <laughs> that were going through the same thing. And I, yes. I, um, but now it's like evident and it's out there. You cannot deny it. And yeah, it's very, it's very fascinating. I, I guess I got nothing else to it. I mean, it's, it, it, t- it hits on the privilege part, white privilege and how it shows up. 
and then how white privilege is handled. You can either feel guilt and shame. You can either accept it and work with it, you know, and, and it's fascinating to watch a lot of white people navigate and kind of like find a way to make peace with each cause, you know, and, and each stupid thing that Trump pa- tries to pass, you know, every single day. And this came from like white people speaking recently on my behalf for certain things that I don't I don't want to answer to. And, and I noticed how that interaction, that dialogue has like sparked a lot more uh, feelings that I, I, I know were there, you know, and and I appreciate it. It's, it's great. But also I'm realizing like, whoa, that yeah, that could be draining. Mel, did you have any thoughts? Well, I like what you said, Rachel, about we're not used to having to deal with this kind of, you know, everyday trauma. And so it's like a new emotion for us. But I just two things to nuance the conversation. One, I think there's a difference between white activist burnout and like white new activist burnout. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like yep. activist burnout is real. And I think but what you're talking about are the the people who woke up since they didn't even wake up during Black Lives Matter. Now they woke up right. for the Trump era. And so yeah. they're like consuming news at a very intense rate. And yeah, engaging yep. in these social media conversations, which I've just found to be not a good use of my energy or time. And it's I think, you know, so for these new activists or advocates, they're going to be like learning about this. But what's different in, you know, learning about like how much energy they can devote, something that activists have kind of had to figure out due to past burnout, myself Mm -hmm. included. But also because white people still find a way to like budge into every conversation and every issue. There's, you know, (laughs) we're hearing more about it, right? It's like, oh, I'm so tired. I'm so full of anxiety. And like myself included, (laughs) right? Then I, you know, I'll say that in front of like one of my black coworkers and she just shoots me a a look like, shut up, Melody. Like, are you just, (laughs) you know how tired I am? Totally valid. But Whitey's tired. Get the car. I know. I know. Somebody get a blankie. (laughs) Okay. But also, (laughs) but you know, Neighborhoods Organizing for Change, which is a black dominated community organization here in, in Minneapolis, they also suffer from intense burnout, and the executive yeah. director gives them an entire month off from December to January to address that burnout. So, but again, I think my my initial comment about differentiating between old school activists and newbie activists might, yeah. you know, kind of helps clarify. I just don't want people to think yeah. that their burnout isn't validated or real. Right. But I hear you on the new people who have just come into the fray and they're like, this is just so exhausting. It's like, yeah, you just got to figure out where your energy is most utilized or best utilized. And FYI, it's probably not on social media, but unfortunately that's a lesson people have to learn on their own sometimes. Yeah. It's uh, that's, that too is fascinating. It's watching the newbies. That's a great Mm -hmm. way to put it. And the newbies realize how, how uh, joining a fight doesn't have anything to do with getting accolades simply said you're joining a cause because you 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 stand for something and it ain't you know it's got nothing to do with you (laughs) so like uh, when black lives matter first started protesting and white people came in you know and joined in the protests and black people were like all right we'll get in and white people were like well why isn't anybody giving me a welcome welcome to the protest card and hugs and you know (laughs) and like why, why does it feel a little cold it just doesn't feel like they really want me here. The music is a little loud. 
what do you mean we can't start our own chants? Like, I know really good chants from, yeah. from the Iraq war era. I will start a chant. What do you mean? Yeah. Why are you telling me yeah. to shut up? Yeah. <laughs> like, so, like, watching, like, that that sort of revelation uh, just, like, come upon people and then having them accept their responsibility and be like, oh, okay, all right. I learn, I'll move on. And then wake up the next day and be like, all right, damn it, I messed up another thing. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wake up the next day and be like, damn it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, uh, next time a reporter talks to me, I won't I won't answer. Damn it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it's really, I don't know, it's really interesting. It's beautiful, but it's really fascinating. I've never seen the uh, the like white culture have that struggle. Yeah, and actually, just to riff off something you just kind of mocked was, I think another reason why white people are burning out or expressing some kind of uncomfortable emotions is when they are getting called out, it's so uncomfortable for them because yeah we never get called out for anything and so i'm yeah. so used to getting called out you know like for you know just like what i just mentioned like shut up melody like you're not actually burnt yeah. out like but you know and right. i i just i'm just like yeah you're right and i just move on but for the newbies yeah. and i because i remember going through this the first time i'm just like oh my god i tried so hard and this is what you are <laughs> saying i'm trying and then yes. so people get caught up in that and then they have to cycle yeah. through all those emotions and some people actually drop out because of that because they don't feel like they're yeah. respected and blah 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 and yeah. so th- that's another part of it is getting called out and yeah. not knowing what to do with it and you really just can't take it personal it's just really to make the movement mm-hmm. stronger so Yes. So there you go. So that's it. At the heart of it is working with egos. I'm in the business of comedy and with diversity and inclusion, there's a lot of egos at stake here if people allow them to be. And that's what I think I I see bubbling bubbling up. Really interesting stuff. I don't have it nailed down, but uh, I like uh, newbie activists having um, uh, PTSD because their, their cause hasn't been fixed in a weekend. Yeah, we're so used to that though. You just call the you just call the mayor, and then he he or she just yeah. they just they just fix the stoplight for yeah. you. You know, it's just what, it. what we're used to. I was just gonna sort of reframe it and think about not that not necessarily that none of this stuff can actually burn people out, but just that I think kind of as I was saying earlier, just that learning to live with that burnout. So I don't want to be dismissive of the fact that there are probably newbies that are experiencing this but just like learning how to cope and live with that you know yeah so i I just because melody when you were like oh you're not actually burnt out i was like no you probably are it's just that there's a whole bunch of people who have learned how to deal with that without having to maybe process that out loud or whatever totally that's important that's important to to not be able to say fuck i fucked up again Mm -hmm. damn it Mm-hmm. It's, everything's so complicated. I just want to. I just want to go to work and be like, man, f- man, fuck Trump, mm-hmm. fuck him. Uh, but you can't, and that that'll burn you out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. true. That's true. Uh, or if I'm white, I want to be like, man, I don't understand Black Lives Matter. Fuck, I want to help, but I don't get it. Like if you're at that place, right. you should be able to say that. But yeah. It's complicated, and so nobody wants to be like, hey, I don't understand. Well, that's why things like Surge and other sort of white anti-racist spaces are like, don't fucking burden POC with your questions and your feelings. Like, come yeah. to a white space with people that think about this stuff. And I think that can be really powerful and important for white people to learn their shit without putting that responsibility on, on POC. Yeah. It's funny. I love it. It's new. It's all new. Because it's yeah. like, wow. 
I was just going to ask if you, John, have examples of you were saying, you know, I work in comedy, which is full of egos. So I'm curious without, you know, naming any names. Do you have stories of like, have there been uh, instances where like yeah. white comedians have like been having some feelings and you haven't yeah. sort of deal with that? Or what's what's been the set, set the scene for us in the comedy world in a post Trump era? Yeah. So I'll say that from a white person, a white male comedian has told me that he's heard from other white male comedians that they were curious slash worried slash afraid uh, that there's going to be less opportunities for them. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, poor babies. Yeah. What'd you say to that? I, I didn't really, I mean, it's not really much I could say. I don't, because uh, I get it. I understand it. It's valid, but it. I guess what I want to say is I don't care, a hundred percent, with a lot of a lot of uh, passion. I don't. I just don't care. I want. I want to be compassionate though, but like I don't care. <laughs> so that's, yeah. that's tricky. And I. That's obviously Rachel and I in, in academia. I mean, that's it's a similar thing. We get the same comments by you know white people say certain things to white people you know and i've got you know and this goes back to affirmative action but the fact that you know oh with all this focus on diversity like i don't want to lose my job or people think that they've lost Mm -hmm. their job just because they are Mm -hmm. a white man and Mm -hmm. i don't really have much sympathy for that kind of comment because I feel like the answer should be, I'm so excited that more people are going to have more opportunities and I'm going to yeah. like help them if I can mm-hmm. get those opportunities. But the the danger in this, though, with those guys is that because white guys and white people still have a lot of power, if they are really upset and worried about this, there's going to be ways that they can like yeah. insulate themselves and make sure that they don't lose their opportunities. And yeah. so that's the scary part about this, right? Is like, I'm not saying you shouldn't not care. Go ahead and not Correct. care. But... Man, they're conniving and manipulating yeah. sometimes. They can find yeah. ways, yeah. you know. So that's the the work. That's the real work. And I, I'm teasing it out with you guys right now. Is like is, is and I, is, I'm always like trying to like define it even more and more succinctly and with more clarity. That's the work is to try to like ease fear from both sides and try to like uh, kind of like inch by inch help everyone kind of like get to a, a goal that I can see. You know, but um, it's not easy to see that. You just can't picture that if it's not happening in your scene, you know. So, uh, yeah, that's that's complicated. Yeah, I mean, uh, it enra- those kinds of comments are really fucked. I mean, and uh, you know, historically, people have said the same thing about women and you know everybody yeah. else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, just the just the the inability for white people of any of any gender to realize how much like when people are like oh the focus on diversity means that i'm not going to get jobs like that's because i mean there's been literally our entire history of the focus on being on white people and thus getting more opportunities for jobs and so just the inability to like have that historical analysis literally you have privileged you and your ancestors have privileged for centuries because of whiteness and uh, you are then saying, oh, that it is a problem for people to have opportunities because of X factor, even though my me and my entire family have always benefited from that. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, do you not see the huge hypocrisy yeah. in that? 
And yeah. I mean, and that is, as Melody said, that's like the basis of why affirmative action is a good thing. And that's the basis yeah. of why there should be reparations. It's really kind of horrifying that people can say those words and not make those connections and not feel like huge fucking hypocrites. Yeah. Um, so, ugh. And also, I would like to say, John, in terms of you working through this, and this is definitely where white allies need to, like, refocus their energy and step in and start talking, right, to those male comedians about why it's so important to diversify and that they won't be losing their opportunities if we diversify the comedy industry or whatever industry. Um, And so I sometimes just like to, you know, if people are listening, they're like, oh, but how do I do that? You know, I know for... (laughs) fact that I lost a writing gig to a person of color because thankfully somebody like told me that and I felt not an ounce of anger because it was for it was an equity writing job and so obviously you can't change how people feel but I think like just like I think people are sometimes amazed you know if white people aren't fully woke and they see how devoted some white people are to activism they might start thinking like I could be like that too, maybe. I don't know. No, but I just don't sure. I don't think we hear enough like internally with white people. We don't talk about this enough. About like hundred percent. Yeah. Or for there was another I there's a a job opening right now that I could technically apply for, but I forwarded it to a colleague of color and I said, You should apply yeah. for this. I think you're really qualified for it. Um, because in that industry that I was going to apply for, it's already overwhelmingly dominated by white people. I'm cool. Like, I have job security. I'm fine. I don't need to be scrounging for jobs. And right. so, but I don't think we share those stories yeah. enough. And we yeah. got we got to wake our white people up. I, it's not your, this is not your job. This is, this is where the white allies yeah. step in, right? Except when it is technically your job. Is the, the yeah, that's right. It's exactly right? what was going through right, my mind. Right, right. Yeah. And you're like, well, but fuck. <laughs> this but, uh, is actually whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's hard. But then you organize. Okay, fine, <laughs> fine, fine, fine. As the diversity director, <laughs> you organize a white person yes. to go talk ah, to the white people. Yes. You know what I mean? Because yeah, you're also uh, a community yeah. organizer. I'm farm it out. So. Right, exactly, yeah. Delegate. Directors, you got to delegate. I, you know, I was... I was just, I, I guess I have kind of a follow-up question to that. I was listening a lot. I listened to a lot of podcasts hosted by black women, mostly some men. And, you know, the way that these podcasts talk about white people is just hilarious and right on, but it's like saying white people are shitty usually in a lot of ways. And I was listening, thinking like how awesome that we can have this kind of people have access to these kinds of conversations where, yeah. and they're, you know, getting like some of these podcasts, you know, are, funded by being hosted and getting paid and you know and it's like yeah it's okay that you're saying that white people are awful which is fantastic and a lot of these shows white people are the butts of jokes right it's like you know we we talk about phoebe robinson and jessica williams and their uh tuto queens and and so many white guys and (laughs) (laughs) so you know and and on another round they're always saying hilarious things about how terrible white people are i'm wondering if that also has maybe come up in your like when you have, if you have an audience of primarily white people and the jokes are all about white people, like I personally think that's hilarious, but I'm wondering if you've ever heard white audiences being like, why, why do you have to make fun of me? What, you know, the whole, like, it's not okay if a white comedian says things about right. color. Right. Maybe we talked about this a little bit last episode, but I'd love to know if it's changed. No, in this great. Climate. It has not changed. I've never heard a white person say 
in the audience wise. I have recently though heard a white person say, "You can't call me a cracker if I can't call you the n word." Oh yeah. hell no! Wow. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow. oh man, and wow. I, uh, I was like, I was, I was like floored with the the certainty that this person had <laughs> to tell me the certainty uh, <laughs> that I, I felt like I just uh, like I just got out of prison for doing 30 years just robbing white people came out and they were like oh yo there's a new rule can't say cracker okay uh, yeah so like that I've heard that before uh, and that I don't I don't know man like I haven't really seen people say hey chill uh, we're, yeah. I brought my mom to the show and you know <laughs> She's, She's a white. white lady. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you have <laughs> you a self-selecting. Sorry to interrupt. That's true, too. Self-selecting. Oh, yeah. Correct. And yeah. But uh, here's the problem. Theater, especially improv, is going to be liberal. It's going to be progressive. Yeah. You know, if you know what you're walking into, you're going to you're going to already have an imagination. You're going to be well, you know, somewhat yeah. educated. So it's hard to it's hard to throw that in front of that crowd. Now, I know about like audiences that are like more conservative and I don't, you know, and I hear from them like, "Hey, I'm I'm all for the jokes as long as, you know, it's all balanced out." And that's what mm. I think is true for mm. everybody. And not to make a general sweeping statement, but I think what is one of the underlying things for comedy is like, man, if it's that person's truth and it's undeniable, then you know, you can't really knock it. It's their truth. It's not like it's right or wrong. And then also, like, let's let's bounce out. Like, let's point out hypocrisies each step of the way. And and that's the fun. If it's one-sided, no matter what other side it is, it, it just more or less becomes boring and pandering more so than offensive, I think. that That's the sentiment that I gather from people. Yeah, because yesterday we had our all-women, first-ever all-women-of-color uh, blackout show for- <gasps> Women's History Month. How do I not know about these shows? Yeah, last night. Don't tell me about Facebook. Oh, you're in that because... white sphere. <laughs> you're in white sphere. I'm not in a white sphere. <laughs> <sighs> I have my best friend is black. Okay, so yes. just. And there, it's. Do you have an email list? I still live in 2005. Do you have an email list? I'm really serious about this. Blackout. Oh man. We do. We that's actually on our 2017 vision board is to have an email list. So. Great. Because Facebook, yeah, well, because like I don't know, even with Facebook, like it, even if I was on it all the time, it all filters out shit. Like I I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I have to like keep. I have to. Okay. Enough about me. It's all my. All about me. It's all about me. Please make an email. Here we go again. Here we go again. (laughs) (laughs) Cracker problems. I know. (laughs) Take it away, Rachel. Okay. (laughs) Can we get Cracker Problems trending on Twitter? Yeah, hashtag Cracker Problems. C R A C K A. (laughs) Cracker. Perfect. Problems. Cracker Probs. So back to this. Can we get back to your story about this all women POC? Oh, yeah, I'm POC. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, the white lady had to like stop that real quick. So. Oh, right, right. We got okay. off the highway for white problems. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, first ever uh, historical thing in Minnesota, first ever all women of color sketch and improv show. They killed it. It was nine women. Four of them were our cast members, the other one were like, seasoned trained actors you know been at guthrie they're all over the place and they've been around and they're hilarious and it was a great show like i was lucky to be able to like be stagehand and like support however i could to just be like that close to see like the magic and and to just 
in real time see see them walk through uh, uh, the unknown. Like there's no, this is not familiar. This is not in like common space, and they're, they're they have on their shoulders a message that they got to carry. Like we are women of color, and guess what? We're hilarious as fuck, and we could do this. And this is this is not this is not a one and done thing. So they had a lot of things to like prove that no matter how tough you are, it's still there. You know, it is, it's a statement. So they killed it. It was great and sold out as it should be, man. It there's so many like funny things that I'm trying to think of. There was like one moment where we, they did the swag hat. Where you, so during the show, the audience members write suggestions and then we pull them out and then talk about that topic. And then we do scenes about that topic. And then, uh, in this moment, a white guy pulled out from the hat. The suggestion was, I'm paraphrasing it, but it was, it said, it said, as a white person, I have to ask, uh, how inappropriate is cultural appropriation on a scale of one to 10? Wow. Yeah. Awesome topic. (laughs) And I was, I was a stage hand. So like I'm back there backstage and I just closed the curtains right there. (laughs) And then the tech booth just hit the lights and that was it. It was just, like that's enough. We're that's done with amazing. the show. Wow. Yeah. Good. That's amazing. Wow. That is improv. Yeah. <laughs> and that was like so they're funny, they're hilarious. They they've got like, you know, like everybody, unique perspectives and personalities. But like when I think about a show, sometimes I think about like it like a fight card, and this is stupid, but to me that night the fight card was color of women versus um cultural appropriation. And, you know, that's the main event. Mm-hmm. They, they've been at the forefront of style, fashion, and what's hip since, you know, forever. And people have been appropriating it. And that's they're up against that. And then because with that comes not being appreciated, not being validated, not being heard, never, you know, and then not being respected or trusted, all those feelings. And, and to me, it was a big win. And I was really in awe. And, you know, and like, I don't know if emotional is the word, but just like relieved and happy and amazed that uh, and not like wow they can do it but like like wow we're like we are doing this this is a community we are we are making this happen these women came up here and knocked it out of the park and then this is not the like i don't know all the feelings all the good feelings so yeah i should have just went and laughed but it was more (laughs) so you're giving an example of how funny they were except the one example you gave was how funny you were with your timing of the curtain Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You that's got great. that? No, that's a good point. Okay. Yeah, they did a great job. Here's one other bit I did, too. You guys are going to yeah. love this bit I had. Uh, okay. <laughs> at curtain call. That, uh, I, had, I had the same thought. I was actually like, did they, were they cool with that? Like, we're, I'm, it sounds like, because you were oh, yeah. celebrating that, they were, like, down. But you made that choice, right, at a woman's yeah, show. Yeah, n- no, I made, choice. <laughs> okay. I made that choice at a woman's show. And wow, you're so feminist, so John. Thanks. Well. Wow, great. Awesome. I was well aware of the the equality that we had. Yeah, they sound really funny. Yeah, good examples. Glad you could remember something that they said. It's good. Yeah, I am. No, no, no. You're right. I'm a piece of shit, but it did it for comedy. No, that is not. Okay, don't be don't be like us and get all sappy because I called you out on one thing. I know. I know. It's true. It doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. (laughs) Damn it. It just would have been better if it wasn't after you were saying these women were so great. But yeah, <laughs> no, I I wish um I wish I had uh, examples of how they were funny, but I don't. So yeah, next uh, <laughs> okay, they it was nice to watch them endow themselves with like gender roles and like like when you do an improv, anything can happen, you know. Mm-hmm. So if they came out like as a man, you know that was that was their choice. And if somebody else became like 
a like a woman, a girlfriend or a wife or a mother, mm-hmm. or whatever. Like I felt like that was more their choice than somebody like giving them that rule. You know, it wasn't them walking out and then someone being like, "Hey, Heather," you know. Oh, hey, mom. they hey, created, grandma. yeah. They created their own, um, yeah, whatever. Like anything they wanted, that was all, all on them and not based on them, their gender. You know, yeah. you got to come see it. It's just, it's hard to explain. But if yeah. if you uh, that, <laughs> yeah, if you enjoy that, if you enjoy uh, comedy, come on out, white people. Yeah, if you enjoyed um, what John just did with the curtain, then you'll love the yeah. women, <laughs> the all black women troupe. Yeah. But improv, I get it though, because improv is like it's within the moment, you know. So it's really hard to explain yeah. things because it's based on like what had what else had happened in the show. There's no like setup jokes. Right, you're off the hook. Yeah. It's fine. Thank you. I like. I want to ask y'all. I've been listening to the podcast. I got follow up questions. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, this I like this. All right, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I'm scared, but go. Yeah, yeah. I want. I want to. I want to go back to the episode where we were drinking, uh, Rachel. <laughs> yeah. I Had almost. A, I thought about how you liked that, and I almost like made myself a drink, but I didn't. Oh yeah, a I, lovely time. I just my words slur so quickly when I drink because I don't drink that often. So I'm just like, what's your question? No, no, no. Uh, don't justify it. Uh, how How did you feel about it, Melody? Having to have somebody drinking on the podcast were you cool with it were you like all right whatever ah damn it i mean you remember melody i remember well and i've known rachel for a really long time so i'm very familiar with how she is when she was drinking how did i feel about it i mean i think the end result it was really awesome it was a really fun show yeah yeah, that's why I think you should do more of those. Oh, I'm, okay, I'm seeing I love, how that's going. Okay, I but, love the dynamic of Rachel going off the rails, <laughs> not, and then and the melody having to be like, okay, fine, I'll steer. Fine, yeah, yeah. fine. <laughs> I, guess I love your analysis yeah. of that episode, but also yeah. <laughs> we we uh, that's all I took from it. <laughs> that's great. That's good. Well, the the only issue with us getting like too casual is that we really market ourselves as a you know academic meets oh, right. public podcast and so yes. yeah. like for like call your girlfriend like that makes more sense for them to like get high and just yeah. like jibber jabber and they already have like so much credibility all right but i feel like we've talked about you know we're professors and right. it's easy to find us and we have students and right. there's just you know we're a little bit more cautious about that of course we'll like I don't know. Rachel, what do you think? Say more. Yeah, no, I mean, I was also worried about that episode because, like, I have some friends that are struggling with alcoholism, and I was also like, is this shitty to, like, and those, you know, some of those friends of mine, like, listen to the podcast, and is it, like, I don't know. I'm just hypersensitive about, you know, I don't want to trigger anybody. And also, like, I just, I don't think it would be bad, Mel, if we were, like, this is going to be, like, an episode where we, like, drink a glass of wine together and talk about, it was also, like, a casual episode. It was, like, the bestest one I've seen. So I think if we had an episode that wasn't, that was just another, like, fun roundup thing, like, that would be fine. I also, like, don't want to... I'm because yeah. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Okay. I listen right. every week. I yeah. I, I, I love watching it uh, evolve and develop. Yeah. And you know that was like a nice like, oh look at this little like a uh, fun little like uh, twist. You yeah. know, and uh, I was yeah. curious like. Well, oh, and I, I feel like that also maybe makes sense from a comedy perspective because it like, yes. like syncs up and it was sort of yeah more humorous. Um, yeah. We have a, in Boston, they have um 
drunk Shakespeare and it's like a theater troupe that does like a couple of scenes from Shakespeare and one of the people on stage, they all have cups that yeah. they can't see. And then basically one person has alcohol in their cup and then like yeah. tries to get through Shakespeare. So yeah, I mean, that's like an old, oh, old the old whitest Olympics. Ball. That's what I just heard. <laughs> right. Worldwide Olympic <laughs> white games. Exactly. Oh. Can, can you get through Shakespeare <laughs> yeah. with yeah. multiple glasses of port wine? Mead, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I just wanted to echo. I just wanted to echo what Rachel was saying because I have I have alcoholism in my family too, and so I yeah. I don't struggle with alcoholism, but I really struggle with the like exoticization of drinking and like I probably would never go to that Shakespeare thing not just because it sounds stupid but also because like I don't I don't find drunk people aren't really like a source of humor for me because I have so much sadness in my life around like truly drunk people so you know but you're you know a glass of wine whatever is fine but you know we we really walk a line with that that so that irritable not not that like you were irritable there, but that charm that you comes out when uh, you Melody are yeah. like, I'm around drunk people. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. I mean, fine, but I, I don't want to be here. Uh, <laughs> God, this one fell and bumped. It said, "I'll call the ambulance," but I don't want to. Uh, uh-huh. Like that quality, I love that when that comes up throughout the podcast. I, I w- like, I would love to just like one day like go through an audio clip, edit like other moments where you're like. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> All right, then, like side eye melody moments. <laughs> so she has many of those. I love it too, and yeah. and not and you're saying like not just about drunk people. Like we hear that throughout yeah. all the shows episodes. Yeah, because yeah. you're annoyed. You're annoyed at people like a lot. <laughs> yes, yeah, and it's very and charming, then, is what I'm hearing John say. I love it, and then and then yeah. and then you'll hear Rachel have to clean it up, and not like you're being phony, Rachel. You're just being very like, <laughs> yeah, let me I know. just let me clean this up. Yep, because I go off. I know I get so mad. I get ragey, yeah, I and then it. it's yeah, yeah. I'm very hyperbolic, and then yeah, she does have to come up and clean clean up what I just said because she's yeah. like, okay, yeah. we're gonna Which avoid was... the hate mail here and just right. <laughs> nuance Melody's rage attack. Yeah. That just happens. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Rachel's ready for letters from the FCC, even right. though they would never give you one. You're ready. Right. Uh, uh, Which I, I maybe it. wouldn't be if I was drinking because we had the switch rolls that day. Right. And that <laughs> yeah, was, you know, yeah. So, you know, got to be on that. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. I love this analysis from a listener. It's oh, funny. yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then um, I never felt like there was an interview that y'all had where you held back, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, and that bugs me because I wish you did. So I could be like, hey, hey, hey. Right. You, you, you guys were soft. What, what happened? Like, yeah, just, yeah. But cool. I never felt like I never felt like you know you were disingenuous. So cool. that's that's good for you, not good for me helping critique. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, have you ever thought about starting a podcast? Uh no. Uh, but I enjoy like I enjoy critiquing friends of mine's podcasts. Perfect. So. Perfect. <laughs> that's it. an important role. You could that could be your podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm going to talk about what I liked and didn't like. From- no, seriously, a podcast review show would be awesome because they, they had That'd that for zines, the fact sheet. Sorry, this is another white punk moment, John. Not that black people okay, can't God. be punks, but this is just very white. There's, you know, remember oh, fact yeah. sheet five? It was like a zine reviewing other zines. And so you could yeah, have, yeah. Uh, anyways. Podcast reviewing other podcasts. For the, for the Negroes, a zine, <laughs> which I just learned is a free magazine. Mm-hmm. That punk people would give out to other white punk people. Mm-hmm. That's a good uh, definition. 
and it would be hand drawn stuff and photo and photocopied Xerox, mm-hmm. and they would give it to each other to inform each other about punk about yeah about all things punk. And Is that right? Thing. Yeah, it was. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there were fan zines for like punk fans, but then it was also a huge part of like riot girl feminist culture. So lots of feminist stuff, Se- sexual violence, sexual pleasure, all yeah. things about sex, good and bad. And they still exist. Like that. And yeah. I feel like, John, you'll have to come back to be our Negro translator when, when our topic's like <laughs> extra white. You can. That would be yeah. so great. We just like, this yeah. boot, like, and then oh, you're yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then also on the flip on the white whisperer where I tell and inform y'all like. Hey, actually, the black, uh, the right. delegation of all black things mm-hmm. feels this way. So right. now you know. Right, exactly. Speaking on behalf of that's what I mean. That's what you can do, right? That's why we bring you on because you can speak on behalf of everybody, right? I do. Yes, I am. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not La- Lamar Burton. Lamar Burton. Lamar. Uh, Lamar from Reading Rainbow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Reading he would be like, Rainbow. "Don't take my word for it." <laughs> But you don't have to take my word for it. I'm saying take my word, <laughs> take my for, word it. for it. You will Love be in that. trouble if you don't. <laughs> that is the best. Oh, my God. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> don't take my word um, for it. That's right. God. Yeah. Wow, that was yeah. a deep cut there, but John. you do have to take my word for it because I'm your only black friend. Yep. <laughs> I can go twice as high. Take a look. It's in a book, a reading rainbow. I can go anywhere. Friends to know and ways to grow, a reading rainbow. I can be anything. Oh, you guys see Not Your Negro? I'm not your yeah. Negro. I say Not Your Negro, but. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you see it? Yeah. Uh, my favorite part when he's talking about the film where uh, uh, Sidney Poitier in the film, whatever the name of the film is, and he's on the train holding on to a white guy. No, no, they're handcuffed together. And then uh, yeah. uh, the white guy, falls, he falls off the train and then, uh, the black guy is on the train. He's on his way to freedom. And he looks back at the white guy, jumps off the train and joins him. Yep. And yep. Every, it was like everybody who's black was like, motherfucker. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Damn, no. Uh, so that, uh, why did I say that? I don't know. Why, uh, I don't know. I, it's, a, it's a great sorry. part, though. No, it's a great part of that movie because, yeah, well, I think you're, you said it because we're talking about translation for, because he was like, the white audience was like, yeah, oh, yeah. this makes me feel good. It makes me feel united. Yes. Like, you know, yes. the, the whites and the blacks can, can be in peace. Yeah. And so that was that translation of the audience reaction versus the like, why the fuck did you do that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so all the black people listening to this podcast, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, y'all. How <laughs> the fuck you go on that white person podcast, John? Did it. <laughs> yeah, I we have no, we haven't true. done an analysis of our listeners, but I'm guessing they're <laughs> largely white. I hope so. That would be weird. <laughs> You'd hope you'd hope they're all white. It'd be really weird if it wasn't all white. I would hope the majority would be white. Yeah, yeah. It'd be it'd be strange, like if just a bunch of like I don't know Polynesian. Uh, That's true. Between, between, I don't know. Like somehow you relate to a group directly that That's isn't true. y'all. Like right. yeah, I'm sure black well, yeah, ladies I mean, are really into our like analysis of things. They're like, you know what? I have an hour to spend. I'll just listen to two more white ladies. Yeah. Not yes. It is. Well, here's here's like you know. Well, yes, but (laughs) 
I know we do have POC listeners, and there you I go, Rachel, wanna, with the cleanup. I don't, <laughs> don't want <laughs> to, you know, project, you know, a uniform analysis of what uh-huh. POC men and women and <laughs> people uh, uh-huh. feel about listening to white people. We're multifaceted. Maybe there are POC queer people that listen to us because we're queer or feminist or all these other things. So that's all. Some nigga shit. Yeah, some nigga shit. You I want promise me to, you we can't do that. You want me to a white lady <laughs> podcast? The episode title is going to be yeah. some n word shit. I can't. I can't even say the word. How am I supposed to write it? You got to do it, and then, and then if anybody has questions, say, John forced me. Yeah. I 100% will not do that. Okay. All right. Yeah, I even made Rachel uncomfortable with, um, do you have, John, do you have Kendrick Lamar's, like, the actual album? Uh, no, no, not the physical, no. Have you heard, you know how this, have you heard that the, the album starts with every N-word is a star? Every N-word is yeah. a star. That song? Yeah. So I yeah, I spliced yeah. it in. Well, you to that episode that you loved, and Rachel was like, yeah. "Why did you put that N word song in our podcast?" And I said, "Because that's the beginning of, well, it's the beginning of Kendrick's Moonlight. album, and then also and the beginning of Moonlight." And yeah, yeah so yeah. we, you know, that's exactly it. So that's we're living in a time like where we have to consider these things. Both of y'all, hundred percent correct, valid, mm-hmm. and whew. So many of those add up every day. It's a lot of, that's the other, maybe like white people going back to your original, that original discussion we had, like, it's a lot of like egg, you know, like kind of eggshell walking, but it's also like, all right, so that's what we got to do. We got to navigate this terrain. And so like, that's not the worst thing in the world to like have to navigate that. So yeah, but yeah, there's, Mm. yeah, anyway. But sing it with me. Every N word is a star. Every nigga is a star. I replace. <laughs> say brother. I say brother. Yeah, because then I can still rap yeah. along. Because it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. oh, really brother. Oh yeah, that works in in like yeah. It's hard to stop oh, rapping for one millisecond and then pick it back up, you know? Because I'm like a really talented yeah. rapper, so I yeah. just replace it with brother, and then it works. <laughs> Same yeah. amount of syllables. That's yes. smart. Because I'm not one of those crackers that say, um, I can I can rap along. Well, if I rap along with Drake, it's fine if I say it. Because I'm just singing what he's singing. Yeah. Like, no, you can't. Oh, I'm man. just going to tell you. Exes, Melody is calling out an ex of hers, actually, too. Because her ex used to do that. Oh. She was not, she was not here for it. Yeah, I dumped that motherfucker. Like, oh, wait, no, oh. he dumped me. Shit. <laughs> he totally dumped me. Damn it. Fuck. Well, I was going to. I should have. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, well, one of the reasons yeah. why I'm with my partner... Okay, to be fair, though, one of the reasons I'm with my partner right now, amongst many others, is when we were just friends and he'd come over to my apartment and we'd be listening to Drake or something and we'd be singing, he skipped over all the N-words. And I was like, well, here we go. This is like... Oh. There we go. All one right. white person that gets it. Sure. Check. Because <laughs> yeah. I oh, didn't... Man. After that, I like had no... I like my tolerance for stupid white people is like very low. Yes. I just kind of like. Your tolerance for stupid people already is low. 
You, yeah, that's I love right. it. You, <laughs> I don't have any time. Oh, there's her grunting again. Yeah. No time. And then Rachel will be like, well, you know, some white people are actually okay. <laughs> and Hashtag not all white people. And we should really be educating the, the stupid white people. So I yeah. think it's... <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, it's just so oh, good well. to hear. I love y'all niggas. I love y'all niggas. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. We love you too, Negro. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, my brother. <laughs> yes. You are my brother. brother. <laughs> thank you. Oh, man. Uh, oh, well. Do you want to share with us what you're reading, watching, and listening to this week? Oh, yes. Uh, you guys go first, please, so I can... I learned that's a strategy that uh, people do on the podcast if they haven't thought about it. I'd like to True. use that strategy card. It's- Perfect. Right now. Take it away, Rachel. Take, take it away, Rachel. Uh, so yesterday was St. Patrick's Day, and I really like radical revolutionary resistant movements, and there was a lot of that in Northern Ireland. So I read more about, res- well, resistance to British occupation in Northern Ireland. That was just like my pleasure reading yesterday. I was like, let me learn more about these radical, and like all the women in the IRA that were like, I'm going to arm myself. It was, it, it's just amazing. Like, I love the crossover of resistance movements and how people hate Resistance movements like the Black Panthers, the Palestinian resistors, the, yeah. Ar- the Irish resistors, because they arm themselves because they are being occupied and brutalized and being bombed and gunned and all of these other things. So it's like, yeah, yeah so they're going to pick up some guns. And so just to read and about so will grandma and so will my niece and my sister, mother. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really inspiring. And and so I was reading about that and watching what did I say I was watching. Oh, I'm teaching uh, about polyamory and non-monogamy in my class next week. Ooh, dang. Yeah. Go on yeah. there. So I'm watching videos like Mia Clips that I want to show in relation to that. So I don't oh, know. There's some good ones. Yeah. BuzzFeed always has good ones about, I showed, BuzzFeed had a great one about sex workers that I showed last week when I was talking about sex work. And then listening to Tank and the Bangas. Do you guys know them? No. They mm-hmm. just won. Again, Rachel knows every band. Yeah, uh, seriously. Every every week, she's like, do you know this amazing band? No. Do you know this amazing hip-hop artist? No. Like, no. every week, there's no. a new one. Sha, no, it, we don't. It, I no. wish I had cred. It's just, like, the internet and Spotify. But take it, and this is actually the whitest thing. It's, like, it's an almost all POC band, but um, the whitest way I found out about it is because NPR's Tiny Desk concert, Total, yep. like, they won, oh, they won okay. like, an award on it, um, or they won, like, the best uh, submission video. Um, it's a. Re- I highly recommend checking out their that, that video, the Tiny Desk concert video, because it was like so, like it was incredibly fun and also very moving. And I just are they from New Orleans? Like they are. Yeah, you know them. I you know. saw. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, they're yeah. from Nola. Yeah, it was awesome. They're really, really good. They're like a. It's like lots of musical instruments and two amazing uh, lady singers. I think they're lady identified. So super good. I recommend. Highly recommended. Oh yeah. Melody. Okay, I'm reading Good Trouble, which is a memoir by Joe Beale of Microcosm. And I know there's uh, differing opinions about Microcosm. John, a white interpretation here or white translation to Negro. Cracker to Negro. Um, Microcosm is like actually a really big zine distributor company. (laughs) There's actually like a distribution company based in Portland. So he like runs Microcosm, which is this like pretty major alternative media distribution my point is he has he got diagnosed very late in his life with asperger's and so it's about how that has impacted his life running a business and interpersonally so it's been really cool because i uh used to watch a kid who has asperger's and i got along with him really well there's some traits about 
with as people who have Asperger's that like resonate with me, just kind of like continually Uh-oh. asking questions. And are you on the spectrum? I'm not. I actually thought I might be because I got along with this because I understood this kid so well. Yeah. Like we bonded. Yeah, yeah, I actually yeah. did check. No, it's just because uh-huh. of my. It's more because my brain because I have more like hyper attention deficit ADHD uh, right. things. Plus Asperger people with Asperger. I just I was curious because I I think about that too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it was. I just really appreciate how they critically think and uh, ask questions about everything. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Anyway, so that's what I'm reading. Yeah. I'm watching the NJCAA basketball tournament because the women's and men's team from my school went to nationals. So we have some really good teams. Yep. So I've been watching that and listening to, um, crap. NWA. Niggas with attitude. (laughs) Brothers. Brothers (laughs) Brothers with attitude. BWA. (laughs) Where's it with the save? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Melody's face is just like, I can't be bothered. (laughs) Are y'all done with your thing that you're doing? Yeah, we're, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, can I be honest though? Like, I haven't been, can I be honest on the show? I, I usually not, but, I uh, probably. <laughs> listen, fuck, man. <laughs> like, I've been trying not to listen to stuff. Like, I've been trying, usually I'm like NPR, and I've just yeah. been trying not to. I no just music. gotta say, so no music? Honestly, because I went to Portland, we can't really talk about it because. Rachel is it's too soon. It's too soon. Yeah. It's too soon. soon. But um, there's been a week or two where I've just kind of not been listening to a lot of stuff. And it's actually been kind of helpful for my mental health. Like this, the, you know, not the silence, but like oftentimes if I'm driving, I'll just turn off the radio and just sit in silence. So I've been low on the music because I actually moved my radio out, out of my kitchen. So I wouldn't. So I wouldn't like put it out in the morning and hear all the horrible headlines. And I think because that's kind Melody of still owns a radio. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just, that makes just sense. clarifying that. Yeah. And I do have a radio in my car that you'd like have to hit a button yes. and it like tunes to an actual radio station. Oh, and yeah. if I want to listen, so I was listening to the basketball game that was going on while I was driving to school and I li- I had a scarf on, you know, like one of those big, like, like square scarves so you can cover it over your mouth. I sat my phone into my scarf so it would just the volume would go up that way because my my yeah. car is so old that I don't have like an aux cord or anything. And the the radio tuner ones, they always get stolen out of my car. So I just that's how I listen. I like put it in my scarf and then that's how I hear things from my yeah. phone. But I, I usually don't do that. So, yeah. Well, this is a lot about your problem solving. Huh? Okay. Yes. Very DIY. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, was, no, um, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm watching Crashing, I think it's called. Yeah, Crashing on HBO. Oh. It is about a, a straight white dude, yeah. comedian, but um, I think it's uh, the story is more just like so specific. I like it. And it, it's about comedy and it's about like the journey and, and all the stuff that comedians go through and also it's relatable and also it's on hbo so i I like that they can kind of pace it out a little more and use language that's a little more like raw for me that just seems to be cool i saw the pilot and i was not that impressed but my friend who works in comedy and entertainment 
I should give it another chance and watch a second episode. Did you feel like it got better after the pilot? Yeah, uh, yeah, and I'll, I'll be honest. Like I'm, a, I'm, I'm for things that kind of go against like tradition. So like to see a Christian dude in New York City trying to make it in stand up. Yeah, that's like that's not yeah. common or like you know any kind of thing that's not the norm. I like I like that. Yeah. Um, so, but it does get better. Quickly, okay. Hundred percent, and it and it has a lot of heart to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not music. There's not like there's not an album right now that's just like oh the whole Nicki Minaj and uh, Remy Martin beef though. Yeah. Yeah. T H T H O man. Yeah, I tried to follow it, and I have to admit that I like. I mean, I know it's going on, but then now it's yes. solved, though, right? I mean, didn't they make up? Kind of, kind of. I mean, who knows? You know, it's uh the, these kind of things. It's never done. It's never right, done. right. Yeah. At any minute, Jay Z can hit up Nas, and it, yeah. it's right back where we started. It's never over. So yeah. that was exciting, and I liked right. uh, I liked hip hop that day. I was back. It's awesome to see two female MCs doing what is traditional for hip hop, which is a battle, you know, and mm-hmm. like two very like strong writers do it out, just go. But we'll see, ah, it's sad, man. Again, we're living in a a, uh, a time where you gotta have you gotta have a Rachel in your life to speak to all the nuances. Because I can't just be like, damn it, I love a, a good battle. Take it away, Rachel. All right, battles <laughs> are entertaining, but we also understand like, that it doesn't mean I, that an artist. <laughs> I don't think I'm ever gonna. Step in. Well, I say that even though Melody and I talk about hip hop all the time. But I'm never gonna step in and like correct my my white lady feelers are like not gonna be like actually black person. Let me correct you about hip hop. You know, I'm not gonna do that. I promise. No, you're just like you're just like hey, there's a person in the corner and they're in the room. They they have a voice. They weren't heard. And everybody's like what. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, get in here then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I yeah. could do a, a nuance on that would be because I was thinking about this with physical comedy too, John, yeah. in terms of because I, I was talking about Melissa McCarthy, like I think two episodes ago. And some people will be like, oh, it's so great that she does physical comedy because usually that's just a male thing. And is it really equality or equity if we're just doing what? men are doing like can't we just have our own thing and not to say that the female rap battles or female physical comedy isn't funny or you know obviously female rap battles aren't supposed to be funny but you know not that there's not talent behind it but i don't know if we necessarily that's like the comparison of that we need to do for equity because we can also have our own thing and be skilled in our own talents and it's not necessarily if we master what the male counterparts are doing that doesn't mean that we yeah. have that we've made it or that like now we right. have the talent to prove that we need to be yeah. paid attention to so that would be maybe perhaps a rachel nuance if she yeah. had one speaking for her which i can do because i'm also that's white good. Yeah. so that's no, good you have, you have nuances. <laughs> yeah. mm, okay we can speak on behalf of you, all right sir. thanks yeah <laughs> this episode's called yeah. white and funny <laughs> thank you are you reading anything <laughs> Do you read anything as a millennial? Uh, no, no, nah, I'm done. I'm done. I'm. I do. To be honest, I do want to dig back into. I hate to say it, King Leopold's ghost. It's just kind of like out there. Uh, it's about like the Congo slave trade. Because mm. uh, it's like that for me. Always like I need to see. I need to like read or visualize the carnage and to understand the process. Because sometimes it's so easy to like get lost in the day to day where you're like, oh yeah, man, shit's fucked up, and we have a past that you know so much trauma, you know, and people inherit it. 
and not only just like black people but white people there's some trauma to inherit for sure like to to inherit that fear you know like of your and to inherit that privilege mindset uh, there's think on all sides of the like scale everybody's coming from a place of some pretty horrible stuff so i like i go back into that it's fascinating to me but that's that's that i would just pull that out yesterday and i said now's a good time to just kind of keep me balanced because as trump becomes you know in the norm like becomes like a normal thing in our mind that he's a president not normal but we've accepted it you know it's not a shock is what i'm saying well we're not uh, we're overthrowing be, the government right now we could be but we're choosing not to yeah yeah Right. Yes. Yeah. And as that continues and and more and more people become less affected day to day. And you can see that in comedy, there's going to be less Trump jokes day to day. I got I personally got to find ways to stay like engaged in what I'm, you know, and then on, on the flip, you know, I also got to be like, not today. I just mm. need to do some nigga shit. And that means whatever it means. Yeah, me too, man. But I will be wearing a, Feel a that. giant. <laughs> yes, you and me. I'm a, <laughs> we need to have a triple X sweatshirt that says <laughs> gone doing nigga shit. <laughs> yeah, well, like only you would find that funny and everybody else would like be death stares. So. Yeah, I know. Well, I never found gone fishing funny. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> right. Fair enough. <laughs> Also, there was a joke in there, like, on, yeah. if we were on stage when you were talking about, oh, you know, but, like, white people, you know, they've had a lot of historical dra- drama or trauma, too. I was going to insert some kind of yeah. comments about being burnt out. It's like, yeah, man, it really burns me out. Like, that's why I'm burnt out. Yeah. Like, thinking about my yeah. history and, like, what I've done to black people, like, just. <sighs> yeah. Right? No, but you know what? That is funny, but also, like, that is valid. Uh, if you're skin color and everywhere you go and you walk around, I recognize that we don't uh, really kind of take serious that white people have this white villainous thing they carry around. I wouldn't want that everywhere I go, you know, mm-hmm. where I'm yeah. seen as like the oppressed. So that's that we got to talk about that and also laugh at that. You know, when you go, I'm burnt out, we can go, come on, get your Uggs. We'll get, we'll get Starbucks. <laughs> get your Starbucks. Be okay. Yep. Get you some T-Swift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yes. Right. Right. But then we got to get back to work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite uh, theorists, Paulo Freire, talks about how oppression harms the oppressor too. And mm-hmm. you know, just That's what real. you're saying. So just what you're saying. But last time we interviewed you, you talked about your book, and you just like dropped some really heavy, amazing stuff. And I feel like you just did the same thing here. So <laughs> your 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 like oh. uh, inserts about your reading in the RWLs are always like really really powerful. So well, I don't like reading, so if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. You're gonna do it right. I'm yeah. gonna do it, and I'm gonna stay super engaged and entertained. Well, thank you for coming back and joining us. Ah, oh, thank you. Thank love you. Having you, we love, love to know that you're listening. Oh. And I want to go to Minneapolis so we can hang out IRL. Oh my god! Yeah, come on, check try. us out. Oh my god, that'd be so much fun! I I gotta hang out with John more too. I've been a bad friend. Yes, yeah. I'll come. I'm gonna come to your fest though. Come to the fest. I'm jealous. Uh, Is there gonna be any like live streaming or videos or anything like that? Yes, I will do that. Access. We'll grant access for sure. Okay. Awesome. That'd be great. Well. All right. All right. Bye, crackers. Okay. (laughs) See you later, my brother. Bye, Bye, brother. (laughs) Bye, white people on Skype. Coming straight from the underground A young nigga got it back cause I'm brown And not the other color so police think They have the authority to kill a minority Fuck that shit cause I ain't the one for a
narcotics. You rather see me in the pen than me and Lorenzo rolling in a benzo. Be the police out of shape, and when I finish, bring the yellow tape to take off the scene of the slaughter. Still getting swallowed up bread and water. I don't know if they fags or what. Search a nigga down and grabbing his nuts. And on the other hand, without a gun, it can't get none. But don't let it be a black and a white one. Cause they'll slam you down to the street top. Black police showing out for the white cop. And if I'm rolling up the eight, he'll be the one that I take out. 
While I'm driving off laughing, this is what I'll say. Fuck the police. Guilty of being a redneck, white bread, chicken shit motherfucker. Hey, that's the law! 